0: So what happens when you combine my insane curiosity with some of the world's most interesting people? You end up with incredible conversations full of stories, insights, and the defining moment that made them who they are today. This is The David Spizak Show. Welcome to the David Spiesak Show. Thank you so much for joining. So listen, I've got something different for you today. And if this is the first time that you've ever tuned into my podcast, first and foremost, welcome. But if you've listened to any of the other podcasts, I certainly hope that you have, you're going to find this to be a little bit different. I'm going to share something with you conceptually that on the surface immediately, you might say you might lean back in your chair and go, man, now that's just downright silly. In fact, you might even say it's absolutely preposterous. But I feel 100% confident by the time you finish listening to this episode, you will actually lean forward and say, huh, I think he may have something there. What is it? I'm going to liken you. I'm going to ask you to liken you from this day forward to one of the mobile apps that you have on that smartphone that you carry around every single day of your life. I think there's some similarities that are worth noting, and I think there's some lessons that are worth learning that will allow you to be able to literally transform you from wherever you are now, to precisely where you want to be. You see, I'm so committed to demystifying happiness, demystifying success, demystifying fulfillment in life, demystifying things that oftentimes are made to seem, you know, almost out of reach at times, nebulous, hard to understand. The reality is this, you are where you are because of very specific actions that you've taken and very specific thoughts that you've held in your brain over the course of the last month or months or years. So here's my assertion. I think that we are all very much like the apps on our phone. Some of those apps we find to be indispensable in fact if if we woke up and picked up our phone i don't know if you've ever done this but you pick up your phone you look at your home screen ah all of a sudden one of those apps is missing it's an app that you literally use every single day you can't imagine going hours much less 24 hours or more without that app it is indispensable i rely on it every single day well Whether you look at yourself as a person in this instance, in this comparison, or your business, boy, as a business, wouldn't you love to be that app? In fact, if you go online right now and you look up what are the top 10 downloaded apps, it's interesting, they're also some of the most valuable companies on earth. Why? Because of engagement. Why? Because they're indispensable. Why? Because of the value that they've asserted in the minds of their users. Why? Because they're used consistently. Why? Because they're considered the best of the best. Now, imagine if your business was looked upon like one of those apps. Have you ever searched for an app like a photo app, note-taking app, calendar app, and when you put the search in Google Play or the Apple uh, App Store, it returns, Not one, it doesn't say, okay, here's that calendar app, here's that photo app, no! All of a sudden it serves you up 10, 15, 20, 30, or more of these types of apps. And what do you do? Well, you look at the ratings. How many ratings, how many stars? What were the reviews? Sound familiar? It's a little bit like our customers, right? We look for social proof when we go buy things, individually. Our clients look for social proof when it comes to working with us. Imagine if we were the most valuable at what we do. Doesn't matter if you're a coach, a consultant, professional services, real estate broker, auto salesperson. Doesn't matter. Pharmaceutical sales. Doesn't matter. If you become the preeminent choice, the one that everybody relies on, you get to set your market value. You become the most valuable, the most relied upon, the most trusted in your market, or possibly even in the country. And when that happens, what comes along with that is some pretty great things, right? It's the outcome that any business would ever dream of. Maybe that means you're a unicorn, you get to go public, but no matter what, You get to dictate your options. You, those companies are living life on their terms. Those companies don't have to worry about finding employees. Employees find them. Those companies don't worry about profitability. It's here. They don't worry about cash flow. They got ton of it, tons of it. Apple has more cash than most countries, for God's sakes. So let me go back to my assertion. Why is this important and why am I bringing it up? Well, as somebody who develops apps and software, I can tell you that typically, it takes somewhere around six months to 12 months or longer to create software. And for apps, it could take somewhere around four to six months, sometimes longer. To reprogram a human mind, specifically your subconscious, which is what drives you, it's your subconscious mind which causes you, causes all of us to respond and react to specific situations in a very specific way. I mean, let's face it. If I pick up my phone and click on an app and I click on a certain button, it will respond in precisely the way that it was programmed. Isn't that interesting? How do you respond? How do you react to adversity? How do you respond and react to fear? How do you respond and react to obstacles? How do you respond and react to opportunities? Well, you react and respond in precisely the way that you've been programmed, just like the apps on your phone. Here's the difference. The apps on our telephones, on our smartphones, they were programmed by developers who were hired by somebody to be able to code that app to do exactly what they wanted and intended for it to do. We, on the other hand, who developed us? Who was our coders? Well, in all likelihood, it was our parents. They probably had an awful lot to do with the lines, the millions and millions of lines of code in your subconscious mind. Perhaps it was teachers, perhaps it was family friends, coaches, or your own personal friends. Perhaps it was experiences along the way. Perhaps it was a boss. But over the course of your lifetime, whether right now if you're 15 or you're 50 or more, you've got a lot of code in your subconscious mind. And more importantly, that exact code, that precise code, whether it was intentional or unintentional, is causing you to react and respond in a very specific way to literally every circumstance. Somebody just broke up with you. All right, you're going to respond and react. How? You just became a new parent, and now you've got to make a million decisions on how to raise your baby, your toddler, your kid. Your adolescent, your teenager, where's that coding coming from? Well, this is the way I was taught to do it. By who? My developers, my programmers, my parents, just as an example. You know, I oftentimes give people the story, real story, of of a couple. And the gentleman happened to notice that his wife, Whenever she made a pot roast, and man, he loved her pot roast. But one day when he walked into the kitchen, he noticed that before she put the pot roast in the pan, she would always take the knife and cut off part of the right side and part of the left side. And then she'd stick it in the pan, put it in the oven. And she did this a number of times when they had pot roast. And on one occasion, he said, Hey, Susan, can I ask you a question? You know, I can't help but notice. Every time you make that delicious pot roast, you cut off the right side and the left side, some of each side, and then you throw it in the pan, put it in the oven. Why do you do that? And she said, oh, well, that's the way my mom always did it. And he says, wow, okay, that's interesting. Well, they're a young couple, and they happen to get invited over to her parents oftentimes. And on one occasion, her mom's making that very same pot roast. And he happens to wander into the kitchen and he says, hey, Joan, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. She says, you know, I was talking to Susan. I noticed every time she makes your pot roast recipe, she would always cut off the right side, then the left side. She sticks it in the pan, puts it in the oven. And man, I love her pot roast. And I said, why do you do that? She said, well, that's the way my mom always did it. So can I ask you, why do you do it that way? And she says, oh, that's easy, it's the way my mom taught me. I used to watch her as a kid, that's the way she did it all the time. And I said, wow, that's interesting. Well, the holidays come around and lo and behold, they get all three generations are in there. And he has the opportunity to wander into the kitchen and sure enough, pot roast is on the menu. And he goes up to her grandmother and he says, Betty, can I ask you a question? And she says, absolutely, Bob. She says, listen, I got to tell you something. Thank you for passing down that pot roast recipe. It's my absolute favorite. But can I ask you a question? Yes, of course. Well, I asked my wife, Susan, I said, hey, why do you cut off both sides of the pot roast before you stick it in the pan and put it in the oven? She said, well, that's the way my mom always did it. We had the opportunity to be over at Betty's house you know, uh, for dinner, and I said, hey, or her mom's house, rather, for dinner. And I said, hey, I, can I ask you the same question? Why do you do that? And she said, that's the way my mom always did it. So I've got to ask you, why do you cut off both sides? And she says, oh, that's a funny story, actually. Glad you asked that. You see, when my husband and I first got married, we had no money. We lived in a tiny studio apartment. And not only did we have no money, we had no time. So we only owned one pan. And frankly, most of the time when I bought a pot roast, I would bring it home and it was always bigger than the pan. So I would cut off one side and because they're usually misshapen, I would then turn around, I'd cut off the other side until it fit in the pan. And that's why I did it that way. I got a question for you. How many pot roasts? do you have how many of those stories do you have where you simply are doing things you're, the way that we raise our kids is because of the way we were raised the way that we respond to a situation is because that's how we were taught by a friend a family member a parent a teacher not because it made the most sense, not because it was in our intelligent best interest, not because that was the premier, the best way, the optimal way to handle it, but that was the way we were programmed just like Susan was programmed unknowingly, unwittingly to cook a pot roast the same way as her mom who did it the same way as her mom. So, I'll submit this to you. I want you to think about this. If you think about how you respond or how you react to situations, if you think about where you are right now, whether you're thinking about it from a career perspective, sales perspective, income perspective, the way you manage your debt, the way you manage your finances, the way you raise your kids, the way you handle relationship situations, Is that because it is the best way? Is it because it is the way? Is it because it's a way of doing it? Or is it because it was the way that you were programmed? It's interesting, isn't it? So many people will tell me they have a fear of failure, but they oftentimes don't know why. People who have a fear of success who sabotage themselves in the moment oftentimes don't know why. People who want to find the love of their life and maybe are challenged or maybe they're in a relationship with the love of their life and yet with the person that they love and have loved more than anybody on earth, they struggle, they have challenges, they have disconnects and they don't know how to fix it because based on their programming, based on the way their app, their subconscious mind was coded, they're responding and reacting in a very specific manner, consistent with that coding. Problem. It's not the outcome they want. Problem. Their finances are not the way they want them to be. Problem, they have relationship impasses or struggles. Problem, they're struggling, going from job to job, but never elevating. Problem, they have a business, but for some reason, they're getting paid less than they're worth, and less sometimes than even the market would dictate. You see, I have come to find out, I've come to learn that most businesses, most entrepreneurs, and most individuals at baseline undervalue themselves. And it's interesting because we go on social media and it seems like pretty much everybody doesn't have a problem valuing themselves. Seems like everybody is having the best time of their lives. Seems like everybody is winning. But the truth is, when things get quiet and you talk to these people that you've seen posts where everything is great, not that great. When it looks like everything's going their way, nope, that's not true either. You see, so many of the times, when so many times when I go on to Instagram or any social media. As you know, we're seeing the human highlight reels. We're seeing people at, on their best days, when they've had the best things happen to them, when they're triumphant, and they want to share that. And who wouldn't want to share that? But the truth is, you don't want to achieve success or happiness or fulfillment. The truth is, you want to sustain it. I don't want to achieve success. I want to sustain it. I don't want to achieve happiness. I want to sustain it. So do you. If you go through life with the ups and downs of, hey, being happy and then boom, being down here and now you're happy and now you're down here, man, that's not an easy life. That's not the life that you want. That's a life that, in between those moments, there's going to be a lot of disappointment. It's going to be a lot of angst. It's going to be a lot of anger. It's going to be a lot of frustration. And sometimes there's a lot of space between down here and up here. Wouldn't you much rather live a life that you have that consistent, sustained levels peace, harmony, happiness, success, achievement, fulfillment. That's why this conversation is important. And I hope that you find this conversation to be valuable. And more than anything, I hope that you take a really good look, take inventory of your app, your subconscious mind, hope you get optimistic, and take hope in the fact that it takes as little as seven days to transform and reprogram your, social, your subconscious, it can take as long as 65 to 75 days. But I gotta tell you something, if somebody came up to me right now and said, David, I've got an idea for an app that will become the most powerful productive, successful app of its kind. And I can get it done from napkin concept to in the market launched in 75 days. I would say sign me up. So I hope you do the same thing. Take inventory and decide exactly where do you want to go from here? And then I want you to just really feel the power in knowing that you today have full authority to be your own development team, to be your own coder and to program your app, your subconscious mind in exactly the way that you want and need for your own best interest in a way that will allow you to accelerate yourself towards exactly the life that you want. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you'd be so kind, and if you've enjoyed this, please share it with others. Take the time to subscribe, and I would love to see your reviews. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to The David Spizak Show. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button and leave a rating wherever you're listening right now. I look forward to having you back in the room where it happened.